Pickaxe. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are lobbed from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Where the hell are those damn guards? They should be at their posts. <sighs> Alright, boy, we got a prince to find. Oh. There they are. You enjoy your treat, boy? They were better used as treats than guards anyway. I'm just glad you worked up an appetite. <laughs> Xander's Alien Abduction is our very first Patreon stretch goal, and we are nearly there. At 100 patrons, we will be running an intense, ridiculous, hilarious, and probably very stressful, well, for Xander at least, one shot depicting the soon-to-be canon story of Xander's abduction. So head on over to patreon.com slash castparty and become an official part of the cast and crew. And while you're there, check out the loads of exclusive content from all of us at Cast Party. And welcome to the cast and crew. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my revolution-starting cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo and art musician who has actually had a hidden connection with Blueberry before meeting her for the first time on set. Blueberry starred in a commercial for an essential oil company where Sebastian had actually written the jingle for the ad, which he titled, People Who Don't Use Oils Make No Frankincense. <laughs> <laughs> Was he on set for the commercial and you just never spoke with her? or No, he did it from his hometown. Okay. We have Anna Brisbane. Blueberry Sky, the elven druid actress who thought when she was 18 that she wanted to be a normal kid and also proved that she was smart, so she started attending USC for environmental studies, but then she didn't make it past midterms before realizing it was way too much work and not like the movies portray college, so she dropped out and she tries to hide the fact that she ever tried and instead pretends that she's always been too busy working and doing community service work and environmental activism for a university. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. I like it. Blueberry be like, I'm not like other kids. <laughs> <laughs> the hair swoop just made that so much better. <laughs> <laughs> we have Nigel Deacon. What up, uh, Xander Gucci Supreme, who overheard Jet talking about the Squirrel Wars out of context and got curious, so he started doing research on his own. <laughs> At first glance, it was a lot of guides online about how to combat critters in your garden, but as he delved deeper into the subject, he found a much darker side of things. As it turned out, in the more suburban areas of Ohio in the 60s, there had been a nearly undocumented event where dozens of small-town citizens used squirrels to spread increasingly more dangerous poisons and diseases to kill off rival gardens of neighbors that had wronged each other. 
It started out as a systematic spreading of things like black rot and other plant-borne diseases that would destroy beautifully tended gardens. But as things escalated, the residents began targeting the children of their neighbors. There was a mass death of children in a town that's no longer named after the squirrels had been trained to approach children, and the proximity to whatever was in their fur, presumed arsenic, killed off the kids, who did not know any better about the wars going on around them. When the parents were found out about what they had done, they were arrested and the U.S. government was worried that something like this would scare the residents of the country because it was just normal folks that turned deadly over gardens and did everything they could to wipe this town and its events from history. Now, the town exists only as misplaced boards among fields and trees. Jet played dumb about knowing any of it, which Xander thought was weird, but also understood the code, so let it go. Oh my god. (laughs) What? So I don't know how much of this was real research that Nigel did and found something interesting about squirrels or if you made up the entire thing. The world will never know. (laughs) I truly, truly apologize to whoever is going to have to write this D&D wiki article about our show (laughs) when we get to that project uh, because that's now canon. So I'm sorry. And finally, we have Vince Perito. Jet the Boulder Chambers, Big Burly Heartthrob. So because so many people say puns around him and they all know how much he absolutely hates puns because he doesn't understand them and he can't pun himself, he decided that before they were transported that he was going to buy a book. And he did some research and he found this beautiful book called The Complete Pun Book by Art Moger. And it's got four out of five on Goodreads and a good old five out of five on eBay. So he's like, all right, it's a great book to buy. But because he didn't have time to buy it because, oh, no, we got transported. He still is bad at puns. I like that. Dang. I don't know if I would trust a book that's called How to Pun and not Pun Intended. If you're going to make a book about puns, why would you not have a pun in the title? You know? Because he doesn't need to prove himself like that. (laughs) It's Art Moger we're talking about here. (laughs) Let's get right into it and talk about what happened last time. In the aftermath of the Valor wedding, you four and Adwolf jumped down the chute that Desideria took Velaspian and Thuridan down during the wedding. You followed old royal tunnels and needed to destroy an ice wall blocking your path and blow away the frozen vapors that still hung in the air. Following to the next door, Adwolf opened it to reveal an old safe room in the basement of the castle for the royal family. Statues of King Belmore and Queen Valessa stood here, as well as Thuridan, Desideria, and Velaspian. Adwolf confronting Desideria was quickly able to get the Queen's approval in these tenuous circumstances. Using Zone of Truth and asking some difficult questions, more of the truth came out about the situation. She told her that ignorance was how your father was killed. At this moment, Adwolf flashed back to the first day he met King Belmore, riding with him that day and learning that ruling isn't important protecting and keeping the peace is. The king ran into a nearby house where there was distress. Adwolf knocked out one of the men holding a woman captive as the king fell prey to a thrown dagger. Adwolf marked the dwarvish man who ran out of the house. The king pronounced Adwolf protector of the princess and told him, even in death, to always reach for his hand. Adwolf then went and hunted down the assailant with the king's blade. Adwolf, in current day, walked over to the statue and began to reach for the hand as Desideria lifted her staff. A fight broke out. The Laspian was moved into the safety of this newly opened tunnel. A dire fight for a magic staff ended with the Gloom Knight dead, an army flooding the basement. Desideria stuck outside the door with no staff, and you all having Prince Thuridan unconscious. 
Desideria told the keeper to get the dog and pick up the scent. You continued down this pathway to a small room that you did not recognize. The Laspian exclaimed she used to live here. As you searched and discovered, she was brought here to be treated as a young girl. A gnomish man named Pojin, who had been studying the Evergem, had been brought here and operated on the young princess. Magic saved her life. Jet was knighted during this time by the queen with the assistance of Adewulf, as you decided to follow the tunnels, opening onto the bridge heading to the mainland. He found some evidence the Ashen Phoenix has used this area to smuggle things or people up to Valorith. As you finally made your way across the bridge, you heard the voice of Queen Velaspian echoing over the city, calling Adwolf protector of the princess and enemy of all, and that magic of any kind will no longer be tolerated in Valorith or any cities, else it be an act of war, and that everyone should get ready for a new Fendraya. You parted ways with Adwolf as he set forth to the Evergem to find this Pogen, as you all decided to head down towards Pastau to warn May and those in Pastau of what occurred in Valorith. Now you have opened a makeshift doorway that leads to the sewers heading downward into one of these massive arches that Pastau lies between. And so the scene is set. Question is... What you gonna do? With all that junk. All, all that, that junk, junk inside that, that trunk. trunk. Should we head to Pastau? Yeah, I think this tunnel... Should take us right there. The way down is gross, but easy to traverse for the most part. Most of it's stairs, but there are ladders here and there. It smells disgusting. There's cockroaches and rats all over the place. Worms digging into the wet walls around you. It's all around nasty. But you make your way down to the bottom of the arch, and you see a small stairway going upwards that you recognize that leads to New Beginnings Winery. And you're heading through. It's pretty much abandoned. There are some labels and barrels left over, but for the most part, this place hasn't seen use in a week or two. So where exactly in Pastau are you headed now that you are back down here? What, what time of day is it? Let's see. The wedding was early morning-ish. We'll say it's noon. Okay. So we got a little bit of time to kill before we get to actually relax for a second. Yeah. Oh, you mean to like sleep? Yeah, it's Just too early sleep. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we could, like, sit down for a minute. True. I don't know how everyone's feeling after all that, but we can rest. We can go to the Drunken Ox. We can... Have a drink. Start warning everybody. We gotta tell someone what happened up there. Yeah. Maybe maybe we head to the Drunken Ox, take a rest, and see if we can get any info about, like, if anyone knows anything after the last time we were here. Because we kind of helped a coup happen. <laughs> um, so things might have changed. It's only been like a week. Oh, my God. My God. Oh, yeah. So with May taking over, she's probably not in the undergrounds of the winery. So we should probably go find her somewhere. Yeah. Maybe they took over Haven. Didn't that like burn to the ground? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but maybe she did something with it. Do we want to head there first or do we do we want to go straight to the Drunken Ox first? Catch our breath. Let's have a drink. Let's talk to anybody that we can. All right. Yeah, let's hit the Drunken Ox. That, that, I think that's pretty close to here. I didn't realize it was across town. All right. Someone's got to be at the Drunken Ox to talk to and start spreading the word about what happened, right? Yeah. Blueberry, where do you currently have Desiderius' staff? I mean, it's in my hand. <laughs> I don't have anywhere else to put it. Damn, double staffing. That's crazy. <laughs> Can I wrap it yeah, you got enough to wrap it. So I'll just wrap it up and then put it poking out of my back. 
So heading over to the Drunken Ox, you initially come out of New Beginnings Winery and you see a few changes that are happening around Pastel. As you get to more of these main roads, some of them are completely brick now. They used to be completely mud roads. They are still dirty as a lot of people are walking around in the mud side streets and then walk onto them. But most of these main streets are now made of brick and even some of the smaller alleyways are having bricks added to them. Another area you can see that is aggressively under construction is actually behind you as you leave New Beginnings. If you remember, New Beginnings has butted up right against this arch. And on the walls of this arch, there are huge support pillars being added. And whole buildings are being created using the infrastructure of the arches. Much taller buildings than the rest. They rest along the arches. And some of them look like they're going to be the tallest buildings in Pastel. So you start heading towards the Drunken Ox. On your way towards there, ahead of you, you see there is an old man seated against a building. He currently has seven small dogs around him. Two are in his lap sleeping away. Three more next to him drinking from a small bowl on the ground with water. And two more playing about ten feet away. They're growling and jumping around at each other. They're all puppies. They're all really young. The old man looks to be in pretty ragged clothes. He has a few bowls next to him that used to have food in them for the pups, but they're pretty much licked clean. I'm going to take most of my rations and put it out. I'm going to put enough in the bowls, and then I'd like to give the rest that I have to the, the old man. You see, as you drop the rations into the bowl, the two puppies that were playing come rushing over. They start eating what they can. Even the two sleeping dogs that are on his lap rush over. And as you're sitting here, Jet, you can see all of these dogs have golden eyes. Golden? Wow. As you hand this over, the old man looks for a moment. He throws it in a small bag he has behind him. Mighty kind of you, stranger. Appreciate it. How long have you had these little ones? They are new. Quite young. They're quite interesting. Is Is there a reason they have these golden eyes? just reflects how pure they are on the inside. Really? Do they get much bigger than this? You could say so. He gestures his hand to you because he's still kind of sitting against this building. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll grab his hand and help him up. Grab his hand, help him up. He puts his hand on your shoulder, your right shoulder, real tight and squeezes it as he stands up. (sighs) Thank you much, stranger. Anytime. How many good berries do you think I have from my staff? We'll say 10 to make it easy. Okay. I I just want to give him a handful of 10 good berries and just be like, only one of these a day, okay? They're very filling. Do you think the dogs will eat them? Yeah, if they're not picky. He has a big smile on his face, puts the berries in his bag as well, and says, see you around, travelers. And he starts walking away as all of the dogs finish up their food and follow him. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Sir, before you go, is there a reason you have so many of these dogs? Yes. Do you mind me asking why? Do you mind me asking what you're doing here? Fair. You were mighty kind to me. I will allow you to ask for one piece of advice. Before I do that, can I ask you your name? Names don't matter for travelers. Mm. 
I'm gonna nudge Sebastian and be like, yo, do you think this guy is is like God? Cause he got all them dogs <laughs> around him and like dog backwards is God. And he's like cryptic as fuck right now. It could be. That would make a lot of sense. And remember that like old adage of like, if God was a beggar, would you still would you look the other way? That song was fire. Right? <laughs> What kind of, why would he just be offering advice? If he's God, like, he can't, like, give us much else other than advice without it being, like, boom, divine mir- miracle. Like, I'm not I'm not ready to be a dad. I'm not trying to have no, like, immaculate conception, divine miracles coming on out the wazoo. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Jet, what's happening? He's asking if we want any advice from one traveler to another. Uh. Where where can we get a dog? Uh, well, uh, let's not waste our question on that. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's 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 be rational here. <laughs> uh, I don't know, Blueberry and Jet. You guys, you guys gave him all the stuff. Uh, why don't you pick one? Blueberry, any ideas? I don't know that I need any advice from him. Let me let me hit you with a hypothetical there, Jet. What if you were to ask him, like hypothetically, theoretically? If he had started some sort of revolution that would affect the whole world as we know it, uh, what would he do next? Did, uh, did you catch that, friend? Is that your ask? Yes. You're taking a large problem and not seeing the simple answer. You pick your side, you choose what is right, you spread that message, and you stop what is wrong. Easier said than done. Absolutely. I'm I'm sorry to take up your time. I I apologize. My time does not mean much. Maybe he is God. If time doesn't mean anything to him, what the fuck? He bows and continues walking. As as he's walking away, I want to I want to try to focus in on him a little bit cuz he's got me thinking and I just like to try to sense if he's like good or evil. So, I'm just going to use my divine sense. See if he's like a celestial fiend undead or anything of that nature. As an action, you can detect good and evil. Until the end of your turn, you can sense anything affected by the hollow spell or know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet. Jet, you see him as he starts turning down an alleyway, all of these dogs following him. You just encountered a celestial. What? I knew it! <laughs> Whoa. Okay, so guys, um there was something a little weird about him. I don't know. As you turn around to tell them that jet, the rest of you see that on Jet's necklace is glowing the profile of the dragon head. What? Dog, your drip is glowing. Yeah, you bright as hell, man. My drip? What do you mean? Sun's bright, yeah, whatever. Not your neck, bruh. Your necklace. Has that had a dragon on it the whole time? It glowed a dragon head when we were on the boat. Really? Yeah. You sure? When when we saw the dragon, it did that same thing. And it just glows for a second and then fades back to your normal medallion. As they're saying that to me, I'll grab the uh, pendant and look like hold it up so I can look at it. Give me a religion check. 16. You can tell that whatever you just encountered caused this to happen again. 
you remember that the last time it happened, you encountered something just before as well. Guys, does this does this seem familiar to you at all? It did the same thing when we were in the boat on the way back from Falareth when when you saw that dragon in the sky. Yes, this is reoccurring. Why is this why is this happening? Where did you get that necklace? My mother gave it to me. I wear it every day. Could she be magic? My mom? <laughs> I don't know. Where'd she get it? Uh, K Jewelers? I don't know. I wonder if it's like a a sense of justice. Like a radius kind of thing. Where just something so good and pure and wholesome is in your vicinity. That thing just lights up. Side note, Vince doesn't know if a Celestial's good or bad. Celestial is godly. Like an angel. He's an angel? Angelic, yeah, that's a better word than godly. Guys, do do we follow him? What? Why? Something special about him, I don't know. I just feel like I should follow. Like a good Christian man. Yeah, he's he's a man of of whatever their god is. Who's their god? What's the god? What is god? <laughs> what, what is god? What is god? Our feet shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we should probably just keep on going to uh, the drunken ox. We'll we'll see him again if he's important. Is he really going to offer us anything else when all he was going to give us was advice? And it was only one question. I'm not sure he's the kind of guy in a position to give out good advice either. So you guys are all headed back to the drunken ox. Yeah. You guys head over. You are not that far away. Enter the drunken ox. You start looking around. You can see that it is not bowling night. So they do have the ox out. And there's a bunch of people over looking at some people riding the ox. Hey, didn't someone want to do the mechanical bull last time and we didn't get to do it? Oh, my God. It was one of us. I can't remember who. But I'm going to keep it real with you, Chief, right now. I would like a drink and I'd like to sit because we've had a hell of a morning. I'm right there with you. Not a bad idea. Do you think you'll be better after drinking? Yes. There is a tiefling woman behind the bar. She looks very similar to Cleo, but a little bit darker amber red color to her skin. Xander, you walk over. Hey. What's up? Can I get you? Um, a a flagon of ale, good (laughs) ma'am. You don't want an ox horn? She holds up the ox horns. I'm good for right now. Thank you. All right. Wait, dude, could I have kept my old ox horn? <laughs> oh, like a refill station kind of thing where you get the novelty <laughs> cup yeah. and then you can come back? And you get a discount? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been here before. Yeah, yeah, we were... Uh, never mind. I, yeah, I was. it was just a normal night when we were here last. <laughs> <laughs> never a normal <laughs> night here. <laughs> um, I'll go up with Xander. I'll, uh, I'll get a drink with him. Sebastian, Blue, you guys want anything? Oh, just the water. I don't know if I can drink after this morning. I'll take some, like, chamomile tea. I gotcha. I'll grab uh, drinks, and I'll, I'll go back to our table, and I'll also pull out my teapot and uh, pour some tea for everyone. She gives you a couple extra mugs so you can pour the tea, but she also gets you uh, a beverage of choice. Yeah, I'll take an ale as well. Uh, and I'll break out the donuts. We got a nice breakfast. Lunch? Brunch? Ooh. See how many donuts we got. Four. Are we brunching right now? We're brunching so hard. 
<laughs> Boozy Brunchin. You hear some cheering and jeering from the crowd. All of a sudden, <gasps> you hear. All right, all right, it's my turn. Get out of the way. <gasps> the boy. You hear Jatoba getting on the ox. He immediately gets thrown off. <laughs> it's still early in the morning. Ah, oh, fine. I'm just not drunk enough yet. And he starts walking up the stairs out of that pit. And he notices you guys. Well, fine. You can show up on Ox Night, but won't come back for bowling? Jatoba. <laughs> He's like laughing as he walks over. He climbs up on the stool and he daps up Xander. Hell yeah. How we doing? How's everybody? Oh, uh, you might want to get real familiar with that, Jatoba. Let's let's just get that right out there. Oh, I'm already good at it. Boom. Oh, he does a left one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Only a professional hits you with a left. <laughs> Why? You guys making it a thing? Uh, new hello? Uh, kinda. You could say that. I'll lean in real close and uh, kind of start filling him in on all this stuff. Basically, Jatoba, we uh, we started a little bit of a revolution. The princess is gone. Oh, I know. The Ash and Phoenix are are doing great. No, 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 no. Uh, kind of a... up, up north, up top. Yeah. This is the revolution to electric boogaloo. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no. So, all right. So, Queen of, Queen of Alarith and King of Elvarath. There's that wedding that was supposed to happen for their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I had a lot of extra people coming here for that. Oh, y'all watch it on the big screen? So that was like the like, yeah, football game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Queen and King are dead. Oh, uh, okay. Like, for realsies, dead as fuck. That was not us. That was uh, the magistrate. So. Oh, yeah. And then the new queen, Queen Velaspian, uh, chill chick. She is currently on the run with the homie. I'll pull out the camera, show the selfie of the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's her new hair. Uh, just just remember that. Yeah, and, and so the current queen that was the princess that's up there right now making announcements and laws and shit that is a magistrate homie that's impersonating her so basically there's another revolution happening this one's gonna affect like all of andrea that's kind of our bad but not really because like they did it themselves and we were just there you know magistrate they don't come down here much so i think i'll be okay i mean we don't really use any magic on the ship or anything but, uh, I mean, I'll pass it along. I know Yasora's gonna want to hear about that. Yeah. Please spread it around. I know you, you're on your boat and stuff all the time. You're the best person out of all of us to, to kind of start spreading that around. Mm -hmm. People need to know what happened up there. Yeah, just know that if the queen is long-haired like this, she can't be trusted. She's an imposter. And, like, this is, this is gonna be big. Like, this is something that's gonna be hitting all of Fendrea. Like, they're trying to, they're really gonna be cracking down, and now that they've got that figurehead, they got a power. Like, the Magistrate was already kind of strong. We did that whole, like, prison break shit, um, and we saw that, like, firsthand, but... Oh, you did that? Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. You, you, yeah, 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 we found, we found the homie. <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> Man, we have so much to catch you up on. You guys tell Jatoba about everything. You guys give him a big story. He tells you about some places he's been recently... We'll count this as a short rest. Oi, heck yeah. He tells you that he's about to leave Pastau for a while. He's got a couple really big trips planned. The first one, he's going all the way to Cordalra, then Wooded Holly, and then back to the Crimson Grove. So he says he'll speak to them then. 
then he'll be Bastow for a few days before heading to Eagle Hill, Faramore, and then he's going all the way down towards Umberdale. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that one before. Do you know how long that'll be? About a week and a half until he comes to Pastow, and then another two to three weeks for the second trip. You should really tell May about all this stuff. Yeah, we were going to catch her up. Uh, do you know where she's residing now? I mean, she's still in that tent. Oh, just a tent. I would have thought they got a building up there by now. They do, but uh, she's not living in it. Up by Haven? Yeah, up on the up on the stones. Word. Cool. Thanks, boss. Yeah. Jatoba, what do you know about the Witchven Forest? Oh, I'm going to Umberdale. Are those the same thing? No, no, the Witchven Forest is right outside of Umberdale, the city. What's it like? So, Umberdale, they're looking for workers and stuff, so I have a couple workers who don't want to be on the ship anymore. Umberdale's got this problem where the Witchven Forest never stops growing. Oh. So every day, they have to go outside of the city walls and chop down all of the new trees and plant life that keeps extending towards the city to kind of keep it at bay. So they need workers. Huh. Damn, do we want to rethink our next step? Well, that's like in a week, right? You're not leaving for Umberdale for another week? Oh, uh, okay. Lit. All right, well, we want to be on that boat when you go to the umbilical forest. No. <laughs> so he gives you like a detailed itinerary of where he's going to be when. Cool, 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 cool. Well, I finished my two beers. I'm going to go do the ox. Good luck, bro. You got this. Have fun. As you're leaving, people are cheering. He's doing well. Does no one want to do the ox? We're here. Last chance. Might be a while. Xander? Mm. Yeah, fuck it. YOLO, right? You watch Jatoba. He stays on for 18 seconds. <laughs> Damn. As you are watching Jatoba, you see that it's really easy to stay on at the start, and then it slowly gets faster and moving quicker. So, first round, I need an athletics check. Uh, 16. Ooh, you're feeling real good. Feels nice and easy. Staying on for those six seconds, and I'm going to need another athletics check. Two. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right after that sixth second, it just happens to go really low forward, and you start slipping off, and then it comes right back up, and you front flip out and hit your face on the hay that's all around. All right. Ooh. Oh. That wasn't pretty. We did it, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good for a first-timer. Yes, that was definitely my first time on something of that nature. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else want to do the ox while we're here? This is not my kind of thing. <laughs> hey, Jatoba. Yeah? Five gold pieces. I stay on longer than you. All right. Let um nature guide you, Jet. I'll cast guidance. I'm giving you my last Bardic Inspo slot too. <laughs> when you when you sit down on the on the ox, I kind of do a little snap and a point finger gun at the ox, and some of the mechanical things like spark and make like a entrance kind of thing. Oh, for your inspo, <laughs> I'm gonna give double finger guns back. You got this. All right, Jack, give me that first acrobatics check, or sorry, athletics. Eighteen. Easy six seconds. Heck yeah. Keep going. Yeah, I'm going to need that. Oh, God. Oh, well, uh, what do I get for my bardic as well? 
A D8. <laughs> yes. Okay. 13. DC 14. Oh, no. Ooh. I rolled a one. Oh. I rolled a one. You stay on for a decent amount of time, a little bit longer than Xander. You aren't thrown off in a spectacular way. You just happen to fall. <laughs> Guess you're paying for drinks today. God damn it. <laughs> he holds out his hands. <laughs> I'll give him five. You tried. I expect a drink out of this. He rushes right back over to the bar. And you can see he's got two ox horns as he comes back and sits at the table as he starts drinking both of them. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my boy. I'm just going to give him one big pat on the back just to, you know, say bye. And hopefully it spills a little bit of his drink. Oh, God, I deserved it. (laughs) See you later, buddy. We'll see you on the boat soon. I'm having a bowling alley installed. What? (laughs) That's hype as hell. (laughs) That's yacht status, bro. So you guys head over to Haven. Finally, when you get there, you can see that the rubble from where the tavern once stood is now completely gone. There are actually a few buildings here now. Most are still shells and are still being constructed, but some are functional. There's one relatively small building that is serving food to a line full of people. There's another building here that seems like it's fully construction and has tons of windows. It's three stories tall, and there are a lot of people coming into and out of this building. Also, the tent that was being used by Jaria is still up on this platform. There's some Ashen Phoenix guards here, and from outside the tent, you can see May is currently inside, speaking with someone and pointing to a table. There's May. Hey, yo. May perks her eyes up from inside. Didn't expect to see you anytime soon. Come in, come in. What are you doing back here so soon? So funny story. (laughs) So funny. Um, we, we are a part of a second revolution. Oh, gosh. Oops. Did you pick the right side again? I sure hope so. It sounds like it. Seems like it. At least this one is for, like, the betterment of all of Fendrea. So, I guess it's a good thing, right? I think you guys are pretty good at making decisions. Word. Thanks. You fill in May about everything that happened in Valorith. Teach her the dap and that it's the sign of the revolution. She tells you... We don't use a lot of magic here. I, I can't be in a position to fight against this right now. But what I can do is promise that we're always on your side. Everyone here in Pastel. We'll lay low, stay here, keep rebuilding our city and build up our forces as best as we can. I pray we won't need to use them. It's not that you'll need to fight right now. It's that the possibility might arise in the future. Right now, we just, we need to get the word out and we need to tell people what happened and that Valorith is corrupt. Just remember, no matter what you see here, if the magistrate does indeed start making their presence in Pastel, doesn't change anything. We're here for you. Hell yeah. We appreciate you. And we will be around to help out too, as best we can. Yeah, thank you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You teach her the dap. She goes, what do you call this? Uh, so this is a dap, D-A-P, and it's, it's the sign of friends within the revolution. When you need our help, I'm only a dap away. <laughs> beautiful. Just beautiful. What does that mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Show me a dap somehow. Just dap me up. Okay. Oh, Blueberry, you said you could do stuff in the sky, right? Yeah, once I sleep. 
that's fine. Just for future reference, if we ever need you, look for the dap in the sky. <laughs> the big old bat symbol in the sky. Just... <laughs> okay, you know we live under a bridge, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do sky riding, like, under the bridge? This bridge, yes, because it is that big, so you, you technically could. <laughs> May, before we go, I just have a quick question for you. Down the road, we, we ran into this gentleman. I, I wasn't able to catch his name or anything, but have you ran into a man that had a lot of puppies with golden eyes by chance? Is he, does he live here? I know most of the residents of Pastel. He seemed homeless. He, he said he's a traveler. He's just passing through. We don't have any homeless in Pastel anymore. She points to the three-story building that has all these people in it, and right next to it is that food kitchen. It is temporary, but it's at least a roof. Damn, you've really spruced up the place. First off, you are incredible for doing that. That is amazing. As you say that, she has these huge bags under her eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You've been doing work, May. And second, have you ever heard of... Dogs with golden eyes or puppies with with these gleaming golden eyes. That seems kind of weird, doesn't it? It's not that weird. Some dogs have gold eyes. It is a little weird, but also I got I got a sense from him. He just seemed angelic almost. I have no idea. I'm sorry. (sighs) Well, thanks. I have much more to worry about than one man who doesn't want a place to stay here. All right. Well, I'm sorry to take your time. Wait, didn't you film a video at the wedding? Oh, shit, I did. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, you could show May the carnage. Well, if you want to see that. May, do you want to see carnage? Like, that's kind of a loaded question there, bud. It got weird. No, I've seen a lot of travesty in just these past few months. I mean, these monsters were crazy. I'd rather not. All right, we'll watch it outside. Relive this morning's trauma. Bye, May. And you go... And you open the video. Oh. You're seeing it, but again, you're not hearing it. You're hearing something different. Looking for answers. Stick to your own path. Walk to the edge. Your mission will be clear soon enough. Namora. What? What the fuck? All right. Can we y'all hold this? And I'm just gonna hand the camera to someone else. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. And I'll pull out the knife that I found. While he's looking at the knife, I want to take a picture of him with the knife. Ooh. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Shit. What are you doing while you're looking at it, Xander? I'm kind of like, I'm holding it with the the grip in one hand and I'm kind of like poking the end of the knife and kind of just like moving it around and looking at it. All right, so I know y'all didn't hear that, but the video definitely said something about Nomura and Blightmore, which is another thing. One of the things that I caught was use the blade. So that seems uh, a little ominous, but also like super intriguing. So I think I'm about to use this blade on what well you know i guess we'll find out (laughs) i mean not like not any of you obviously or like anyone that no you know what 
I'll hold my forearm out. Go ahead. Ah. Are you sure about this, bud? Do it. Do it. I, I want answers, man. If you think that's real, I believe in you, bud. Let's do it. I'll I'll heal him after. All right. I will I will do a, a single slice on his forearm in a safe way. Give me like your normal attack roll with advantage. Damn. It's a 25. Roll your damage. That is 5 damage. Xander, you can see that this knife is much sharper than the other ones you have. It sliced his skin very easily without much worry. As you're right here, give me investigation. 19. There should be more blood coming from Jet, and it's not. Hmm. He's starting to bleed, but when you slice him, there's not that much blood coming out. But the weirder part is there's almost no blood on the dagger at all. I want to try to, like, pull some blood into my hand from my forearm. And then I I want to just hold it out for Xander to put the knife in. I like the way you're thinking. I will do this. It's hard to tell because the blood is still going through Jet's fingers a little bit. But Xander, it's not just all falling to the ground and not just all pooling in his hand. All right. It still doesn't look like enough, but are you feeling okay, Jet? I'm going to go up and grab his forearm around the cut and cast the first level cure wounds. Well, y'all ever think about what it'd be like to get cut by a lightsaber, how it just like immediately cauterizes the wound? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if that's, if this kind of has the same thing. All right, look, 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 we'll keep investigating this, but let's keep it on the back burner. But for now, let's go do something. What were we doing next? We need to go figure out that thing with those kids. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the chupacabra. Yeah, the chupacabra. Yeah. All right. Well, Pastel's all warned and ready. And how far away is Duford from us? It's multiple days. Oh, should we just get on the road and sleep on the way, or do we want to sleep here at like the Drunken Ox and then go in the morning? I would like to sleep here so that I can put some sky riding in the sky of Valorith before we leave. Yeah, that's that's a good oh, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get like a head start in Duford once we arrive because it takes a day and a half to get there. So yeah, we'll have that extra half day. Do you have anything you want to do while you're in Passed Out? Anyone want a tattoo? What? Don't tempt me. <laughs> oh, I don't have enough for a magic one. Oh, uh, how much why? do you need? How much do you need, bud? I thought it was like a hundred gold or something. Listen, listen, whatever whatever you need, I got no, extra. It's it's not worth it for a magic one right now. Those are temporary, right? Right. Hey, have you been having any of those dreams like since you got that tattoo? Nope. Well, wait, I lied. Mm, wait, uh, nope. Definitely haven't. You have had one. No, I haven't. Jet told me to keep it to myself. That's right. <laughs> Blue yeah. Bear doesn't know. So. so did your tattoo fix you? Yes. That's pretty cool. You you okay, buddy? Totally fine, Jet. Insight check. You know I'm not fine. <laughs> we this is our secret. What? <laughs> Are you guys sleeping at the drunken ox tonight? I'd like sure. to. If we can. Yeah, you guys take a little bit, hang out. You chill with Jatoba a little longer. They're not leaving until the next morning anyway. 
So then we're able to take a long breath. Right. Yay. Yay. Finally. Oh. And you guys are level seven. Oh, also, can I attune to this staff and see if it does anything for me? Oh, Ooh, good call. Yeah, give me an arcana check. Okay. 13. You are looking at the staff, holding it, trying out some things. It feels like a magical focus that's cold to the touch, even now. You could touch this to any body of water and freeze it in a small area. And then we all head to sleep. And Sebastian, it's been a while. (gasps) Did you really just jinx me? Blueberry. (laughs) We're dreaming again. Takes you a little bit to fall asleep, but once you fall asleep, it is like an instant shift into the inside of a hallway of a lavish mansion. Whoa. Ahead of you is the red-haired commanding woman from your last dream. Her hair is in an updo, and she's wearing a lavish red dress. As she walks, you can see that she bends down. She pulls out a small wooden spike that she concealed inside one of the heels she's wearing on her high-heeled shoes. Walking just behind her is an older gentleman. He's got a top hat and cane. He's wearing a full black tuxedo. As are you. Ooh. You look down and have a full-on Fendrayan tuxedo on. And moving along, you and the man with the cane follow this woman down a beautifully decorated hallway. There's chandeliers made of glass above you. There's side tables with seemingly no purpose other than to hold the occasional plant or painting for decoration. This seems to be like a less traveled area of this mansion. You can hear, however the mumbled garblings of a party that is going on relatively close by inside this mansion. The woman herself, she moves to a doorway on the left of the hallway as the older gentleman takes the ball on top of his cane off and it reveals a dagger. He bends down and he starts to jimmy a door on the right side of this hallway while the woman on the left side does the same. The man points at you and gestures you closer He is speaking softly, but again, you can't hear what he's saying. It's mumbled and a mix of sounds that don't make coherent sense to you. He looks like he's asking you something and reaches out his hand as he's getting his face very close to this lock and trying to look inside of it. Do I have anything on my person? You have a small box in your left pant pocket, but in the right pant pocket, you have like a somewhat larger leather bag. And you pull this out and you can see that it is a lock picking set. I'll undo the bag and reach in and grab all the tools and then dump them in the guy's hand. You give him like so many tools. He kind of looks at you angrily and puts his finger up to his mouth like shh. He takes two of these long thin pieces and he hands you a very thick one. And he starts putting his two very thin pieces into the lock. And he looks like he's getting ready to do something. And then he's looking at you expectantly. I'll take the big one and put it in the knob? I don't know. He guides you to the inside of the lock. Oh, 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 right. So then he starts lifting these tumblers. You can hear they start to... 
and then he's able to open the door and he shuts the door behind him. Oh, okay. I'll gather the tools back up and pop them back in the bag and set the bag back where it was on my person. The woman next to you turns around and looks at you. She definitely has like a determined face on. She again puts her finger to her mouth, gestures you closer to her. I walk up. She looks you right in the eyes and she's speaking to you. She looks like she's asking questions. I don't know what you want. She looks angry at you for a moment and she taps your pocket where there's that square shaped box. I'll reach in and pull it out. You recognize it and before you can open it, she grabs your hands and keeps it closed. Okay. This is the small box she handed you in your last dream. A little music box. She opens the door that she had just finished picking. She points up a set of stairs. I'll start marching if she doesn't go first. You start marching and she closes the door behind you. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I guess this is mine. I'll keep going up the stairs. It's not too far and you arrive on a balcony. The balcony overlooks the party that you heard earlier. Fancy lasses and lads are all here mingling. Most people here have wine in their hand or an hors d'oeuvre. There are seats and stuff, but most of this area is for the ballroom. And oh, are people dancing. There is a piano being played here on a dais that overlooks the ballroom. A soothing tone is being played on this piano. And all the people here are just eating it up. After the song finishes being played, the pianist stands up, moves towards the crowd, and gives a deep bow. The crowd erupts in cheers and applause. Again, everything garbled mess, but you can hear the shouting. You can hear the excitement in their voices. Some people even have tears in their eyes and screaming at the top of their lungs. And this man is standing here and he commands attention and love with just his presence. He slowly but methodically makes movements as he bows and waves to those all around. He makes direct eye contact with different members of the crowd. His face is near perfectly symmetrical, and he has a very light complexion. His dark black hair is rather short, but not quite buzzed down to nothing. He pulls off his suit jacket that he just finished performing in, revealing a button-down shirt. He takes a moment, rolls up the sleeves to his elbows, and he undoes the top button of his shirt and pulls out a medallion that was underneath. The medallion has an etching of the rune that is on your wrist. Wow. As you see it, it glows in ivory white as the man immediately darts his eyes up and locks eyes with you. Oh. A sly smile dons his face. As the applause die down, he says, Thank you for coming. As he leans back onto his piano and plays a shattering chord as your vision slowly starts turning black from the outside in. Oh god, I'm winding up the freaking music box. You pop it open, you wind it, you wind it, you wind it, your vision slowly fading as he has not broken that eye contact with you. And you hear those four notes. As you awaken. I'm shooting up out of the bed and just gasping and immediately looking at my wrist. It's glowing. I'm grabbing my pillow and throwing it across the room at Jet. Fuck, fuck. Uh, 
What the fuck? What? 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 Death glowing again! Oh, shit. Do you have another dream, bud? Yeah. Oh, God. It wasn't, like, scary, but I heard someone for the first time. Tell, tell me everything. I was in this, like, castle, mansion. I don't know. It was a beautiful big house. and Had you seen it in your past dreams? It was a new place. There was another person there. There's the same lady with red hair that I saw from the last one, and... Okay. And I helped this guy break into a room, but then he closed the door and he disappeared. What, what, who was the guy? Do you know who he was? Did he look familiar? No, I didn't recognize him. He, he was an older guy. I didn't really get the sense of, like, he was familiar or anything. And then I, I, I went up to the lady with the red. She was dressed nice, and I was dressed nice, and... She sent me up these stairs to, like, this fancy balcony that overlooked, like, a ballroom kind of thing, and everyone was dancing and having a good time. And then I saw this guy who was playing piano, and he he had a necklace on, and it was the same as on my wrist. It was the same thing. And then it glowed, and he looked at me. I don't know if, like, he could sense me, or if he just saw me. But I saw his necklace glow, and then he, he made eye contact with me, and he was he was the first one I was ever able to actually understand in the dream. Everyone else is just garbles and mumbles, but I heard him speak. What did he say? Thank you for coming. Coming where? I'm assuming it was addressed to me, but he was at a party. And he looked directly at you? Direct eye contact the whole time. Do you you still remember all of these faces? I'd be able to pick them out, probably. They're really vivid. Could you draw them? Ooh. Do you think you could do that? I'm not much of an artist in that way, but I could give it a shot. Do we have a, a piece of paper and like some sort of writing utensil in the room? I'm sure you could find something. Alright, here, here, try try your best. I'll try sketching the lady in red first. I'm gonna have you do the lady in red and the man with the top hat first and do a separate role for the man you just saw. Just sleight of hand. I'm using the red dice for the lady in red. All right. 23. You are very happy with how you did. They're not photorealistic in any way. They're still cartoonish, but still get the features in there. I I remember her a lot because she was in the last one. So at least she came out okay. Yeah, it's good. When you're able to do the guy with the top hat, he's got white chin strap with a little bit of fancy mustache going on. The little curl on the edges. Bushy, very long eyebrows, almost unkempt. And that that's the guy who broke into the door, and he had me help him, and then he disappeared on the other side. Okay, alright, good mustache. Now give me another roll for the man you just saw. <sighs> Damn, eleven. <sighs> I'm lucky in that. I'm going to lucky. We're, we're going lucky on that. Oh, shit. For a natural fucking 20. Oh. 25. Yes. <laughs> yes. His eye contact was intense. Even as the darkness was completely covering your eyes, you could still feel it. You could still almost see it in the blackness. That face was burned into your mind. And he had this commanding presence. He demanded love. 
from these people and you're able to completely recreate his face in like extreme detail. And this this was the guy who made eye contact with me. He seemed to have been like the host or something. He seemed real important. Those those are some eyes, man. It got real intense. You have never seen this one. No, this was the first time I've seen him in particular. And he was the one with the necklace, and that's when I'll add in his amulet to finish the drawing. Here, here's what we're gonna do. Th- this is all of the people that you saw. Uh, yeah. Aside from just some some random blank faces, those seem to be the important people. All right, I'm gonna fold up the paper as best as I can, and I'm going to hide it in my armor somewhere safe. We're gonna keep this for safekeeping. Should we tell the others now? What do you think? I don't know. They're getting scarier, but in a danger sense of the word. I I think we're at a good point where we we should. I think it would be the best for all of us right now. But let's wait until the morning. Let's let everybody sleep. Okay. And I'm going to look down at my wrist with, like, the faint dimming of the tattoo. I'm just going to say, God fucking damn it, Blueberry. Try to go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that much longer before dawn, and everyone wakes up. Xander! What up? There's something in your pocket! <laughs> oh, I, while I'm checking for that, I, li- I look at Namora, who is sitting on my chest now, because he appeared in the night, and he's just looking, like, kind of buff now. Like, he's just, like, a little bit more muscular. Oh, like, he's, shit! He's just looking, like... Maybe a little taller, like like he got a new haircut. Like he's looking good. Okay. <laughs> I took a, a what is it called? Investment of the Chainmaster or something like that. What's that? It's my new Eldritch invocation, which makes him an actual like helpful person in combat. Damn. <laughs> that giant third Nathrix eye fits a little bit better on his forehead yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um, oh yes. So let's roll that. 16. It's a ticket to 2014 Burning Man that was never ripped. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, shit. How old is Xander? Damn, son. That was like... I was only like 20 when that happened. How did I not... I was definitely there. Did I sneak into Burning Man? After buying a ticket? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a Xander thing to do. <laughs> I'm going to call everybody into into uh, Sebastian and I's room. Mm, good morning. I don't want to hear it, Blueberry. <laughs> what? What's your problem? You jinxed me. I did no such thing. Okay, remember when you you brought up my dreams and I had another one last night. Oh my god, that means it's all in your head. No, because I had one before and I lied to you and I'm sorry. What? Jed told me to keep it a secret. Why? Okay, all right, all right. Listen, listen. There was a lot happening, okay? I didn't want to bring on any extra stress to everybody until we had a good time to talk about it. I feel like now is that time. Why is it stressful? Aren't all dreams in your head? <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, Sebastian, do you want to you want to explain all this? Let me let me get the paper. Go ahead and start talking while I grab that. Why is this so complicated? Okay, talk. Uh, have you have you ever had a, like a lucid dream? No. 
Are your dreams vivid at all? Uh, sometimes not especially. I don't I don't know if this is like a lucid dream or what, but Did you know you were dreaming? Oh yeah. Well then that's a lucid dream. That okay. So yeah. That's happened twice now. The first time wasn't too bad, but I was just kind of walking around through a little little random building. Nothing really spooky. But then this time I was at some party and I remembered someone from the first dream. And I'll point to Jet's paper. This lady, the lady in the red, she had me walk up to this balcony and that's when someone made eye contact with me and spoke to me. Point to my wrist with the rune. He had a necklace on with the exact same thing and it lit up. (laughs) And that's when he looked at me and he said, thank you for coming. And then I woke up all sweaty. And you're concerned by this? I mean, it got real intense and real spooky, and I can never wake myself up. I mean, you told me that you walked through a building. You Uh saw a lady, and then you saw a man who made eye contact with you and said, I'm glad you came. And he has a necklace with your tattoo on it. I will will add, he, he has woken me up twice now, and both times he has been... In pretty rough shape. And this glows. I'll hold up my arm. And that glows. Is it glowing right now? No, it has faded. Wh- when does it glow? When when I wake up. Probably when I'm sleeping, too, if I were to guess. May- I think it fades after I regain my consciousness. I'm going to cast sleep on <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I don't know if it ha- does enough hit points. We'll see. <laughs> I don't have a lot. 28. Oh, no, that's half. Yep. You just feel drowsy for a second, and then you're good. Ugh, I need some coffee to wake up. Okay, it's hitting me. <sighs> but no, I, I I, know it's it. When I explain it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're there, it, I don't know. It feels, feels like there's just so much weight, but like on my entire being. Everything just feels off. Just like a sense of dread the whole time. So why did you get that tattoo? I thought it was cool. But you're scared of it. Now, yeah. Where'd, where'd, you, you, where'd you get that rune from again, though? The first nightmare. Yeah, all right. So I feel like you're just asking for it, bro. I didn't know this would happen. <laughs> I was just impulsive. Well... Are you are you good now? Are you hurt? Did anything happen? No. All right. You still got your rest? Yeah, I'm feeling great now. You still good to travel today? Yeah, I'm ready. Just maybe a coffee or something before we go. I, f- I forgot we had to travel today. I don't want to walk. You say that as you are walking down the stairs into the main portion of the Drunken Ox. You can smell fresh coffee brewing on the stove. You're sipping your coffee before getting ready to go as Jatoba walks in the door again. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, I thought you left yesterday. No. Uh, we planned on it. <sighs> oh, where are, you, where are you guys headed? Duford. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not headed there, are you? No, I'm technically going to Cordalra, but like I could spit on the docks of Duford from where we're going. I mean... Can you spit us out onto the docks? I could spit you onto the Paybrook docks, and then you just gotta walk 30 minutes 
to Duford. Oh, oh my god. That's much better. Yeah, I mean, you leaving today? Thank god. I'm leaving, like, after I get coffee. Oh. Oh, that's what we were gonna do. Alright, alright. Last time you got a freebie. One gold each. And he puts his hand out. Alright. Totopo, we just paid you last night. No. No. <laughs> you bet me last night, and you lost. <laughs> Damn it. I give him a gold. Yup, same. It's worth it for the ship. Give him a gold. I went ahead to the edge of Valorith first. As close as I have to get to access their skies. <laughs> it's not hard. You literally just have to kind of leave the drunken ox. If you remember getting to the docks of Passed Out, you actually have to go around the arch. So you actually have to go out from underneath the bridge to get there. And you have the view of the Valorith wall as well as the sky above it. All right. Yeah, it says range is sight. So as long as I can see the sky, I think I can put it over there. So, guys, do I, am I, like, really straightforward and I'm like, the queen is an imposter, she's Desideria, or am I like, have you ever seen Desideria and the queen in the same room? Like, you know? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Even though they did, like, yesterday, but, like, starting now. Oh, my God. Are you restricted to, like, how long it can be? Uh, not, not super, but I don't think I can write, like, a paragraph. Should I just say the queen is an imposter from the magistrate? Don't trust her? Maybe, maybe, maybe just like... Oh, up to 10 words. Edit it down to queen is an imposter, beware the magistrate. Is that enough? Uh, that's eight words. Okay. Final answer? Add bitches at the end. What? what? Okay, I will cast Skyrite over Valorith to say the queen is a... Lying imposter, beware the magistrate. Two exclamation points. It lasts for a long time, right? Concentration up to an hour. As you guys jump on Jatoba's boat, you guys get out onto the sea, and it's there for quite a long time. Let's go. It gets smaller and smaller as you get into the distance, but it is right over Valorith. I wonder what they're thinking over there. Yeah. A few hours is all it is to sail to Paybrook, which is a small village outside of Duford. It is a small, small town. You can see it's very much like a logging town. Everything is made of wood. It's pretty simple. You guys just have to say a quick goodbye to Jatoba as he heads off to Cordalra. You guys are on your way to Duford. It's hunted chupacabra, bruh. How, how far of a walk do we have? 30 minutes. Mm. Not too long. Yeah. Let's go. This is half hour of walking on a pretty well-traveled road because this is the only way Duford has access to the seas. They're pretty wide roads. There's a lot of people here hanging out, doing their thing. As you're approaching Duford, where are you going initially? To the home of the Owl Man. The Owl Man. Mm. Well, what do we see? Entering the general Duford area... There is that fenced-off enclosure to the side where the dogs are playing. There's still the market here in the main courtyard. There is a temple off to the right of the main walkway that is overrun with people. A lot of people here are looking melancholy, but there is some laughter and praying going on even outside of this temple. To the left, you can see a sign on a small building. It has a dog's head on its paws sleeping. Oh. And the sign says, the tired pup in. Oh. Cute as heck. 
This place is really busy right now. There are even tents set up outside of the inn. Behind this market is the largest building, which is not that large, but it seems to be the town hall. It has the banner on it with the salamander climbing a hill that you had seen on the caravan that was initially carrying the owl cages. God, I miss pebbles. Should we go see Quillian or should we just go into town hall and ask how we can help? I mean, I didn't realize Quillian lived this far out of town. I mean, we're here. We might as well just start asking around, right? Yeah. You're kind of moving into like the open air market. Again, these have the carts that are pulled by these dogs. It's a bunch of halflings out. There are some other races here as well. Some elves, some humans, especially the occasional dwarf. As you get closer and into the market area, you can see that there's also just off to the side, a butcher and baker that seem to be sharing the same building. Can we tell what it's a temple to? Above the door to this temple is a symbol of a filled cornucopia. Seeing that, you can give me a religion check. 16. Blueberry, you know from your various looking into random books and stuff (laughs) over the time you've been here. Uh Uh-huh. This is a temple to Yandala. She is a halfling goddess of fertility and protection. Mm, I feel like those two don't go together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be fair, I almost wrote infertility in the notes. Oh, there you go. (laughs) That one makes more sense. I guess that makes it it a little closer. She's the goddess to... To planned parenthood one way or the other. (laughs) Hey, there you go. (laughs) So, to the town hall? That's probably where we'll get some answers, right? Yeah. The inside of the town hall is reminiscent of a normal household, but just on a much larger scale. It's still very short, and you all are ducking through the doorway going in. But there is enough space on the inside for you to stand with your heads just narrowly missing the roof. The place isn't that busy right now, but there are a few halfling guards with big spears. There are dogs in here sitting nicely and some drooling on the ground. Mastiffs, St. Bernard's, Newfoundlands. These dogs are all pretty familiar as you saw some of them moving along with the owl cages when you saw them about a week or two ago. But you can see one kind of well-dressed man comes out. He looks up to you. He's got a little bit of a beard that is like a chin strap, but a little bit thicker, a raggedy head of brown hair. And he seems quite peppy. He seems like he's uh, a little bit excited. Mayor Tibblesworth the fourth. Hello, outsiders. Are you the fourth Mayor Tibblesworth? No, my name is Tibblesworth. I am Terrence Tibblesworth the fourth, and I am the mayor. Okay, cool. Yes. Welcome to Duford. May I help you find something? No. Oh. We're wondering if we could help you find something. <laughs> Bingo. You've seen the posters. Yeah. Um, have we? Yeah, yeah. We, it was like the first thing we saw when we got out of the, our uh, vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw the posters. Oh, well, thank you, Andala. Please come in. And he, like, gesture you down to some seating areas, full-on couches that would fit multiple halflings. They kind of seem like love seats that would only fit one of you guys. Please, uh, if I can be of any assistance at all, we must figure out what is happening to our children. I will pay you handsomely if you can fix our problem. Hell yeah. Okay. But what can you tell us about about it? Like, we need need some info to go off on. Oh, what could I possibly start with? We've had four girls taken so far. Um, Crystal, Tati, Felicia, and, uh, now Clarissa. Oh, oh no. Are they all, like, what, what are the ages like? Are they all kids? 
Crystal was 12, Tati was 9, Felicia was 11, and Clarissa was 9. Uh, guys, oh. that was that was Quillian's daughter. I guess Mort didn't do his job. Oh, no. Which one? Mort! Clarissa. Oh. Yes, Clarissa was just taken a day and a half ago. Oh, oh no. It's okay, we'll find her, we'll find her, we'll find her. Um... <laughs> I'll, I'll give you as much information as I can. And he goes and he grabs a book. We, we've kind of compiled all the disappearances as well as some of the unsolved mysteries. But we have someone in custody. Oh. But she must be working with someone else. She was in prison all night the evening Clarissa was taken. Uh, how do you know that she was involved? She's been sneaking around town at night. Okay. Um, how so? What is her excuse? Uh, she says she wants to help the children. Um, well, I think we have means of forcing her to tell the truth if you want us to investigate her. Xander will crack his knuckles. <laughs> oh, no. With, there will be no I, torture in my building. With, no, not torture. It's, it's like very light, um, happy magic. You can go see Sylvan. She's the one in custody. You may read this as well when you come back. He shows you the book. I'll keep it here and we can talk about it as you come back. Right down there, he points. Some of the guards take you down to their little prison cell area just underneath the town hall. And the only woman in here is a halfling woman. Oh, is that the mayor? Bring him down here. He knows I'm not part of this help. He knows? I told him. Okay, um, let us talk to you for a second. We just got here. We just got filled in. Um, we want to prove whether or not you're telling the truth, and we can do that. Is that cool? Great. Um, so our friend is going to cast a very harmless, painless spell. All you have to do is not resist, okay? If you don't resist, we'll know that everything you say is the truth. Are you ready? Sure. I just want to go home. I'm just trying to save the women here. We'll get you out. If you're telling the truth, it's fine. Should we get the mayor in here for this? I don't... Yeah. Yeah. We need the mayor. Xander, will say, runs back upstairs. Xander, give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, oh God. 19. Start running up these stairs, and as you turn this corner, going back up, you narrowly smack your head on one of these stairs because it's so short. But yes, you bring Tibblesworth down. I would like to position him so that he is also within the zone of truth. Ooh. Just want to make sure everybody's telling the truth here. What is going on here? Nothing, nothing. No worries. We're just kind of hanging out, doing some things. Not painful at all. Now, don't worry. I'm going to cast a spell. It's only going to hurt a little bit. And zone of truth. Wait, she said harm, but... Oh. Gotcha. Neither of them tried to resist. And the mayor looks at you and goes, Will you grab that stool for me? Yes. And you bring him over a stool and he sits down next to the cage. Uh, alright. Sylvan, what are you doing sneaking around at night? I've been taking it upon myself to go hunting for the ones in town who are going missing. She's been patrolling with a shovel. She hides in the shadows. Yes. Of course I do, because you guys aren't doing anything to help stop this. You think those owls are going to help at all? She sounds like she's at least trying. So, sound, I mean, y'all can't be telling lies here, so what Sylvan just said was the truth. Let's see if we can word this correctly so it's not like some genie magic where they're, they're like super specific. All right, so you are, you sneak around at night, obviously, so that you're not seen by the kidnappers, and you yourself have never kidnapped anyone in this town. No, I have not kidnapped anyone in this town. 
Is that specific enough for you? Yes. Do you have any idea who did? I believe it is someone in the town that is doing the kidnapping. But you don't know specifically? No, because I could not continue my investigation because of these bars! And she starts shaking the bars. Okay, all right. Mayor. Listen, any tracks that have been leading to the houses where the children were stolen always came from inside the town somewhere. And any trail leading away, if there was any, most of them did not have trails, they all went the same direction, northwest, into the forest. All the tracks that you've seen have been human tracks, correct? Yes, as much as I know. Xander? Yup. Does that sound like any of your cryptids? I mean, sort of. The M.O. is similar to the Chupacabra, but the Chupacabra definitely has, like, cloven hooves or claws or something, so it wouldn't be leaving human tracks unless it found a pair of shoes. Any, like, shapeshifters? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, like, things like skinwalkers and wendigos, I think. Like, they're they're somewhat shapeshiftery, and they do mostly move around at night. But, I mean, like, those are usually, like, vengeful spirit types, and they're both from, like, Native American folklore. It kind of, like, fits some of these, but... It's like bits and pieces of each of them. Hmm. Let's go with skinwalkers until we get more info. All right. Are we done here? Just so we all know, uh, the weaknesses of a skinwalker are silver and saying the skinwalker's real name. So if we can figure that out, you know, there's, you know, it's something. Wait a moment. Northwest. Silbin is like, yes, yes. All of them are going northwest. That's where the gray skies is. The what now? What that? Pirate ship. Oh. Pirate ship? Uh, I'm all about Is it. that the name of it? The Gray Skies? Yes. It was washed ashore centuries ago. <gasps> Haunted pirate ship. No one knows how it got this far inland. Ooh. Has anybody ever been to it before? Oh, it's terrible. What do you mean? I'll show you the book. Shall we? Yeah, okay. Are you going to let Sylvan go? She's clearly... Got nothing to do with it. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. He just tells one of his guards to do so. Silbin, if you are comfortable, we could use you as bait. Um, I have a spell to locate creatures, and it works well if I'm familiar with the person, so I, I can't really do it with the girls that I haven't met, but we could also give you a sending stone so you could communicate to us if you really need to. I don't know, if we leave you out... And about, like, just a little, you know, dress you in, like, little kids' clothes and, like, have you playing outside or something at night. And we just stay kind of nearby and hopefully you get taken. I must say, I, I don't know if I would like to go back to the gray skies. Oh, you've been there. I'll be bait if I don't get taken. You'd, you'd probably be taken. Because otherwise, there's not much point because we're trying to figure out where they're taking them. Do you think me... Looking like a child would be enough? I don't know. All of the other children have been taken from their beds. Yeah. Oh. Mm, okay. But maybe there's not usually kids hanging out outside, so they're like, oh, easy. Give me persuasion, Blueberry. Fourteen. I am going to go home. I'm going to eat a nice warm meal. I will think long and hard about it. Okay, that's totally fair. We can go check out the thing first. The pirate ship? Be careful. What happens there? Terrible things. What? Okay, well... Well, now I'm afraid we won't even make it back to help. 
Come back to my place later tonight and I, I can explain a little more about the gray skies. Or maybe the book will tell us. Always the book. And Mayor Tibblesworth IV takes you back upstairs, sits you down, and he hands you a book. There are three different pages that are newly written down, and it looks like they're old records from other things that have happened. There is the first pages that is recent disappearances, detailing Crystal, Tati, Felicia, and now Clarissa. Then there are the major unsolved crimes. A lot of them are very old, as well as there are older disappearances. The recent disappearances, you you basically learn a little bit about each child, and that all of them have one thing in common. There was blood found in the bed at night. How, how much blood? This book does not say. Mayor? Yes? Do you know how much blood was in their beds? I don't believe that much, but you could go ask Quillian. I don't know if he's gotten rid of the sheets yet from Clarissa's disappearance. Do you do you know the location of the blood? Like, was it was it all found in the same spot in the bed, or I do not know? Also curious about this mark on the window with Crystal. Is there anything in the book about the chip? There is. There are major unsolved crimes. The Gray Skies is a pirate ship washed ashore centuries ago. No one knows how it got this far inland. Whenever people get close to it, they start to go mad and oh. see things that aren't there. Oh, good. People have seen creatures inside the ship and on its deck, but none can ever properly explain what they had seen. It is mentioned that there may be possible murderers and kidnappings from disappearances that occurred at this location. Law enforcement has tried to take over the ship, but was unable to do so as insanity and hallucinations began when entering the area. Oh, Dang. guys, this is kind of intense. <laughs> yeah. Blueberry, you're you're looking through this book. You're skimming it. Why don't you give me your favorite check to make investigation? <laughs> <laughs> that it would be. Is this a one or a seven? This is a seven. So that's a six. The major things you see are what you're reading. Yep. Do we really want to make two trips there? It sounds dangerous enough to survive just one. I would not recommend going there. What if that's where they are? Then I would recommend going there. Well, then I guess we're going there. Do we want to just enact the plan and see what happens? Or do you guys really want to scope it out? I'm fine either way. Well, one thing we could do, but it's my most powerful spell but i think i could do it i've never tried anything this power before but i could try is the locate creature thing we could get close to it and i could just try to locate a halfling and the closest halfling would ping and if it's in the ship we would at least know that there's a halfling in there that's not a bad idea not to be too much of a downer but does that work if they're dead i don't know I, I think it would work either way. I wouldn't know if it's moving. Oh, that's okay. All right. All right. Honestly, I mean, I feel like we should get into it sooner rather than later. And being there during the day is probably better for us because we can see. Yeah. I mean, like me and Blue, we good, but you boys can't. We a little blind. Yeah. The only thing I worry about with this is if you're going during the day, the tracks leading to the locations of the kidnapped children were always coming from within the city. 
as they were leaving, it was going towards the northwest. You would assume that means in the day they're in the city, at night they're there. So if you go there, how do we figure out who is doing the kidnapping and stop it? True. What if we like post up around the uh, edges of the northwest of town, like hide in the trees? Ooh, like set a trap kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, we could be like Robin Hood. Yeah. I love your enthusiasm, and I believe this is a good plan if we could do so every night for the next few months. These four disappearances, they did not happen day after day after day after day. They took months to occur. Was it on a specific day each month? No. So do we just kind of wander around until nighttime and then go to the ship? I still think that we should go check the ship out right now. Yeah. Because if there's, if there's anybody there, we need to we need to get to them as soon as possible. Do the tracks just disappear eventually? Eventually it gets too muddy in the forest where the tracks are so hard to follow. But in general, there is a path that goes to the gray skies. All right. Well. I think right now we should go out there, see if we can know, find anyone, and then uh, search for clues out there. I feel like that's our best bet. Yeah. Yeah, unless we want to interrogate more people in the village. Xander cracks his knuckles again. No. <laughs> I'll dock your pay if you do that. I'm just kidding. I just figured it would be funny for emphasis. I know it's not really a laughing matter, but it's fine. Do we want to check out the house Crystal came from and ask about the mark on the window? Sure. That seems like the only thing that kind of stood out from the disappearances. Yeah. That would be the temple. Oh. Okay. Let's go. It's right there. Yeah, we're right next door. Might as well. You head towards the temple. As you were walking in, there was the ending of a ceremony. It feels like that is over. So there is a few people here still sitting down, kneeling, praying. But there is a singular priest of Yandala here. He's an older man in his 50s. He's got pretty dark skin. Welcome. Hi. Have you come to pray? Um... No. Not exactly. We are visiting. We heard about the village's problem with disappearances, and we wanted to help and get as much information as we can. We appreciate your help. It is a dark time for Duford. Yeah. Were you here when Crystal was taken? I was. I was just in the other room. Deep tragedy. She was a wonderful young lady. Yeah, it looked like she had a nice, like, bright future ahead of her here. Really sad. Can you tell us about the mark on the window we heard about or the blood on the bed? Yes, please, actually. We can go, we can go to her room. Yeah. And he brings you into her room. This is a one-story temple. It's not huge. And he takes you into a small, small room. It's just a bed, a desk, and a singular window. He opens the window and... Yes, there have been some marks noted. I don't know when they were here, but some believe that it may have been whoever took her. Can I investigate the markings? Give me investigation. Dirty 20. A human hand would not have been able to make this mark. This mark is sharp and there's a gash. It is splintering on the wood here. It looks like something that would have had claws. All right. Y'all, we dealing with a skinwalker. There's some like claws. Like there was, this was not made by a person. This was made by a thing with claws. Skinwalkers have claws. Well, so like the thing about a skinwalker is it can transform into just about any animal. Oh, 
They're like cousins of werewolves, kind of. But made out of skin. These weren't happening like on full moons, were they? No. All right. How often do the three moons of Fendrea line up? Well, that just finished happening a few days ago. And that's when Clarissa was taken? It happens for about a week at a time. Oh. I don't believe it would have fallen in line with the other three. Dang. I was almost so big brain right there. <laughs> do you do you know much about the blood on the beds, by chance? There was a small amount. Cleaned it myself. Like near the head? No. Almost directly in the center. Lower abdomen? Um... Guys, this uh, what what age are these children being taken at? Like nine to twelve. Yeah, you you in the same boat as yeah, me. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat right there. I see. I, I don't understand. All right. About what age would you say a, a small girl becomes a woman? Oh, I would say probably the age is nine to twelve. Oh wow. Aha. All right. Oh well, isn't that curious? Crystal had to rush out of temple the day before she was taken for an urgent meeting. He does air quotes as he says meeting with the caregiver, Faye. Mm. Okay, where is Faye? Just behind the town hall, slightly west. What if these girls are transforming and running away? (gasps) Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. I thought maybe something was targeting them. Aren't there like human tracks coming out of out of the town, though? Mm, yeah. Yeah, but like like you said, like if it's a skinwalker kind of deal, I mean, they could, they, she would have human tracks and then maybe she just transforms elsewhere. Like gains the claws and stuff and breaks out and runs. Sir, are there, are there any more children about this age in town? Plenty. We're a large city. <sighs> I wouldn't say large. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, okay, fine. I like to talk us up. Many people have been staying at the the inn so that they can stay in groups, hoping their sons and daughters won't be taken. Should we talk to Faye to test this theory? Yeah. There's too many possibilities. Xander, is it obvious from the mark that the creature was on its way out rather than on its way in? With his investigation check, he would say yes. Yes. That at least doesn't confirm, you know, it doesn't disprove the theory. <laughs> Because if it was going in, then we would know that that's not the case. But right now we just don't know for sure. All right. Well, then maybe we should talk to Faye, right? Like we should find out what's uh, what's going on there. Yeah. Maybe they're just straight up werewolves. I can't imagine Faye's in on it. She wasn't here when Jezebel was taken that many years ago. I, I assumed it was something similar. Years ago? Jezebel. I've been hoping it was something similar this entire time. She disappeared from her bed as a young girl, but she was she came back a week later. Oh, she, is she here now? Where is she? That might be a good question for the mayor. He knows a lot about the older disappearances and major unsolved crimes of Duford. Oh, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> he like read a whole book. It's kind of crazy. Uh, okay. I wonder why he didn't mention that to us when we were asking about these. <laughs> oh, he didn't. That's weird that he wouldn't bring that up. Well, then let's go talk to Faye, see what's what. Then we'll talk to the mayor about Jezebel, and then we'll uh, do werewolf things or skinwalker things. Actually, wait, wait. Uh, before we go, sir, would you call yourself a, a godly man? I follow Yandala. Okay. 
Does Yandala know anything of puppies with golden eyes? There are lots of dogs here, but I don't know if there's any with golden eyes. Have you seen or heard of a man traveling through town, an older man with a lot of puppies with golden eyes? I can think of none. Uh, search continues. Okay. So where do we go next? Faye. To Faye we go. You head on over to the caretakers. You can see that this place is very, very empty. You walk in. There is a small halfling woman here. She's got long braided black hair with brown eyes. She seems very giddy. She seems very happy. She's got soft white skin. She's about three six. Her left hand and forearm is wrapped up in like a sling that goes around her neck to keep it stable. And she looks at you, smiles, and that's a wrap for today. <gasps> Dang. That's an arm wrap. Oh. oh, thank you all so much for listening. If you like puns like this, go listen to the punch in part two. Three for everyone. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Head on over to patreon.com slash castparty and become an official part of the cast and crew. And while you're there, check out the loads of exclusive content from all of us at Cast Party. Behind the scenes drops after every single Cast Party episode where you can hear more about our conspiracy theories, thoughts on our story, and behind the scenes info you won't get anywhere else. The After Party drops the first of every month for our patrons, and if you loved our free episode of Yarrell's Super Happy Fun Murder Dungeon or Enter the Pungeon, you will adore the other crazy one-shots and miniseries we've got waiting for you. You'll also receive access to our community Discord, where we host live listening parties with all of us on the release night of every Cast Party episode, as well as entry into our merch giveaway that we do at the end of every single Cast Party episode. And speaking of... This week's merch giveaway winner is Mark H. But hey, we just dropped some brand new limited edition anniversary merch that will be running for probably another month. So don't miss out on getting your hands on these new exclusive designs over at cast-party.myshopify.com. The answer must be in these old criminal records. Someone must have done something that shows us who was up to these kidnappings. Ebab Flo once took all of the lemon poppy seed muffins from poor Rosendo's bakery. Don't know why they'd go for those. That's only their third best muffin. Wartor Knight was found naked in the streets one evening. He swore up and down that it was all a misunderstanding. Guards got him some clothes and let him head home. Guard Ash wrote on an extra note here, The naked man smelled eerily of mustard. Curious. St. E. Love was arrested for trying to teach a young man how to fight with a sword. Now that seems like no crime at all, that just seems like good defense tactics. Oh my, it wasn't a training sword, and the child was three! Lord Asselberg was in here for a few days. Nothing on his record, he just wanted to hang out in the prison cell. Alright. Dubwood was in here after participating in a bar fight with Sean de Jesus. He mentioned, and I quote, he dabbed on the haters too hard. And then Sean de Jesus threw a chair at him. Wondrous people we have here. Eric Five and Jeski Fire were both arrested one night because they were practicing archery in the range. Apparently that law was enacted that very morning by one Nyok. She really let her position on the board get to her head. She even tried using it to cheat in her archery tournaments. 
Ah, <sighs> well, maybe those little girls will be lost forever.